This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Hey, it's the Bartender Journey Podcast, number 156. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, today on the show, we're going to talk about cocktail competitions again. And uh, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. And I, I really encourage you to, uh, to enter these things. It's great for your bartending skills. It really gets you thinking about how to mix ingredients in new ways because you have to come up with something that's kind of new and original. Uh, you know, it can, it can be a twist on a classic, but it uh, has to be something new about it if you're going to win. And and uh, if you advance to the semifinals, that's when things get really interesting. Today on the show, I'll briefly give you an overview of how, how most of these competitions work for anybody who doesn't know. And then we're going to talk to Ms. Kate Lodge, who is brand ambassador for Copper and Kings, American Brandy. And they have a really cool cocktail competition coming up. But the deadline is really soon. So get on over to this uh, website address, copperandkings.com slash the mixtape uh, to learn about it, or if that's hard to remember, you can go to bartenderjourney.net and click on the competitions page for that link. We're going to hear more about this great American brandy, the Copper and Kings American brandy, and more about that contest with Kate in a few minutes. Before we get to that, though, also this week I was invited to the New York Regional Finals of the Heaven Hill Bartender of the Year competition. Not as a participant, unfortunately. <laughs> Actually, I never got a chance to uh, enter that competition. But anyway, I was invited as a spectator, and before the event officially began, uh, I got a chance to speak to the wonderful Lynn House, who is the national brand ambassador for Heaven Hill Brands. And she was one of the judges that night, so we'll get a little insight into the mind of a bartending competition judge. So let's talk about cocktail competitions for a minute. Most of these, or I should say probably all of them, are sponsored by a brand. So, of course, you want to use one of their brands in, in your drink uh, that you're going to submit. Uh, they're usually judged by a panel of, of three people or so, and uh, there, there's online submission first, so you have to get through that stage before you get to the regional finals and compete in front of in front of those judges. Uh, so there's other contests. I mean, I, I entered one and, and won uh, uh, recently a competition that was just based on your video that you made and how many thumbs up you got on YouTube. So that's kind of a, a different way of doing it. But uh, I'd say the majority of these are, are judged by, uh, by actual people or uh, I should say uh, judges. So uh, anyway... Uh, so there's always really cool prizes. There's travel and there's, uh, you know, benefits to, as far as publicity goes for yourself and, and your bar, if you like. And uh, so, as I say, I really encourage you to, to check these things out. And uh, on bartenderjourney.net uh, slash competitions, there I'm, I'm listing as many as I can there. A lot of them, I don't know, a lot of... Uh, well, some, quite a few, uh, require you to be a USBG member to enter. And uh, that's something I think you should really think about as well. I finally got around to doing it myself, and I'm so happy that I did. Uh, for one thing, I'm learning about all these competitions. For other things, there's trips. Uh, there's the uh, Baltimore uh, Bar Institute event coming up pretty soon. And uh, so our chapter, the New York chapter of the USBG, got a sponsor and got a party bus and a great rate on hotel rooms. So uh, taking the bus and staying in a room for three nights, uh, thanks to our chapter and and, uh, and some members of the chapter going out and, and getting this sponsor. Johnny Walker Black, is, is or Double Black, is sponsoring us. So uh, I'm sure the bus ride itself will even be a lot of fun. If you want to learn more about joining the USBG, go to usbg.org. Or uh, feel free, if you have any questions about it, you can uh, you can contact me if you go to bartenderjourney.net. There's a contact page there, and I'm more than happy to answer any questions you might have and uh, or for you to contact me for any reason at all. All right, you know we always do a book of the week, and uh, we'll do something a little different today. We'll do an e-book about how to win cocktail competitions. And our friends over at the Bar Above uh, website and the Mixology Talk podcast uh, have a free e-book you can download, and 
and uh, there's a link to it on the competitions page on bartenderjourney.net. So uh, get on over there, and, and our book of the week is the ebook How to Win Cocktail Competitions. On the posting that goes along with today's show, number 156, I'll, I'll have some Amazon links for some stuff that I think is cool, some cool bar products. And uh, anytime you click on one of those links uh, on bartenderjourney.net that takes you through to Amazon, you'd be helping out the show a little bit. And uh, I'd appreciate it. It doesn't cost you any extra. And you can get some cool products. And uh, whether you buy the product that I recommend or you buy something else in that in that session, I guess you'd call it, uh, after clicking through, it helps out the show a little bit. We got, the, uh, we got bills to pay around here. We got the hosting fee for uh, the, the upcoming year, or uh, I guess it's sort of our anniversary here, so uh, it's, t- it's time to pay the podcast people again, <laughs> the podcast hosting people again, so uh, anything you can do to help out. There's also a tip cup page on bartenderjourney.net, and that's another great way to help out uh, defray, defray, is that the right word? <laughs> Some of the expenses around here. Offset, maybe that's the word I'm looking for. All right, so we always do a cocktail of the week, right? So uh, we're going to do one called the Jan Collins, and this is by a guy named Jeff Bell, who won Diageo World Class in 2013, which is a, another great competition that uh, I've mentioned in the past. But um, this is a very simple drink and, uh, and delicious drink. We don't, we don't do a lot of tall, cool, refreshing drinks uh, on the show, but maybe we should do more, especially as uh, the weather's starting to warm up now. Basically what it is is a vodka Collins with a little uh, orange liqueur in it, so uh, maybe some uh, Grammanier or something or Cointreau. But, uh, so he's using one ounce of vodka. He's using 0.8 ounce of fresh lemon juice, very specific there. <laughs> let's call it a three-quarters ounce, or, or let's call it, a, yeah, three-quarters of an ounce. And uh, 0.5 ounce orange liqueur, one ounce simple syrup, and some soda water on top. So we're going to shake everything except for the uh, seltzer and or a club soda and uh, pour that over ice and uh, add a little top it with club soda. Or uh, as I, I like to do and I've been doing lately is uh, shake up everything except for the soda, add the soda to the shaker, and then strain that over ice into a highball glass. It gets it all mixed up a little uh, better. And, uh, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's a little less carbonated that way, but, uh, you know, everything's combined as it should be. He garnished that with some brandy cherries and an orange, t- and an orange, not an orange twist, a piece of orange, and uh, yum. That's a good cocktail, and uh, yeah, vodka's been a little uh, underrepresented, shall we say, uh, in my cocktail of the week, but uh, that's a good one. Why not? All right, we're going to talk to Kate Large in just a minute from Copper and Kings about their American brandy and their cocktail competition, but this just in, breaking news, I literally just got this email minutes ago. The deadline for their competition was supposed to be March 31st, but they are extending it to April 15th just uh, to because they want you to enter. That's why. And uh, so I hope you will enter. And again, uh, details on that can be found on, uh, well, if, it might be easier to go to bartenderjourney.net on the competitions page you'll see uh, you'll see a link to it uh, and remember the deadline for entry is now the new deadline April 15th 2016 so I sure hope you'll enter and uh, yeah let's talk to Lynn House from Heaven Hill and then we'll talk to Kate Large from Copper and Kings <laughs> well we're here with the lovely Lynn House beautiful as ever Thank and uh, tell us about this event all right, so this is the um, New York Regional Semifinals for the Bartender of the Year competition. Heaven Hill Brands, um, we have been searching the whole country, um, narrowed it down to 32 bartenders. They're conveying, uh, vying for uh, two spots in each region, so we'll be taking eight to Puerto Rico for the finals. Grand prize winner is $15,000. Wow. So, so how many people are competing tonight? Um, 
We had one who got unfortunately oh, no. very, very, very ill and at four o'clock dropped out, but it's been eight in each of the rounds, but there will be seven tonight here in New York. Okay. And then, and then the next step after this is what? Then, uh, so tonight we will narrow it down to two, and those two will go to Puerto Rico. Uh, we've already we kicked this off in New Orleans uh, three weeks ago. Uh, last week we were in San Francisco, and then next week we're in Chicago. You, you get around, Lynn, don't you? You're, you're, you're like, you know, how do you even pack your suitcase? Because I, I can't even imagine like being on the road as much as you. I, I pack it like a stewardess. You got to roll. It's all about rolling and, and knowing what fabrics travel well. So. I'm so I, I went to uh, Las Vegas for the uh, nightclub and bar show recently. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was like two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. But it's so far away. It's too far. <laughs> uh, I do the whole country, so... I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had a direct flight on the way there. On the way home, I had to go to Los, Los Angeles. Okay. And so then I had to go west to come to east. To come back. Oh. That's happened to me where I've had to fly to Atlanta to come back. You're, like, flying over Chicago, and I'm yeah. like... Just depends how the flights are sometimes. So, but so you'll be in uh, New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail this year. I will be in New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail. So, yes, yes, looking forward to it. So I uh, will be um, sitting on a panel for one of the seminars, and uh, which one? I'll be with Michael Neff and Danny Neff. It's on uh, kind of the dive bar. So I'll be on the panel for that, and then we've got a couple other things that we're doing as a company. So I'll be there. You'll see me. So, so there was ex- some exciting news about Heaven Hill. Uh, the the Rye won a big award yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Recently. Well, uh, Pikesville Rye, which yeah. we just released last year, is doing phenomenally well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earlier, the Whiskey uh, Advocate Whiskey of the Year. Jim Murray, second best whiskey in the world. Bernie, Whiskey Ambassador of North America mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. and uh, Distillery of the Year. So, yeah, it's, um, Heaven Hill is having a really good year. So awesome. everybody's hard work is paying off. Awesome. So I'd just love to hear more about the uh, the competitions. Like, you know, what, what do the judges look for and with competitions? And, like, if you're going to enter a competition, like, what can we do better to Absolutely. Absolutely. So first, well, the first round of this competition was an online submission and there were three national judges, myself, Alan Katz and Jeffrey Morgenthaler. And the contestants had to submit two recipes and then write a brief essay on what hospitality meant to them. Uh, Because for us, when we're giving out a prize and a title like bartender of the year, it's not just about I made a great drink. I mean, to be a great bartender, you've got to be really well-rounded. So things that we looked for, obviously, we looked for great recipes. We looked for people who really caught the breath of what we thought hospitality meant. We looked for balance. We looked for understanding um, of ingredients. One of the cocktails they had to do was an adaptation of a classic cocktail. So it was really important to see, do they understand what that classic cocktail is? And was their cocktail really in line with what the format was, that, you know, storyline? So that was the first process. Um, Tonight we've got our speed rounds. So here it gets even more technical. Uh, Technique is huge. Are you working clean? You know, is it a messy bartender? Are you, are you, what are your wash lines and all your cocktails? We want to see, you know, the same wash lines and all the cocktails. Um, what techniques are you using? Or are you muddling properly, shaking properly? You know, then of course, taste. Um, and we are looking for personality and um, that presentation of that person. You know, are they just making that cocktail with their head buried down? That's not really, you know, are they engaging and making eye contact? So we're so that's the first part, and we'll narrow it down to a, a field of four. 
from that and then that field of four um, are going to have dealer's choice. So I like to call uh -oh. this I call wow, this uh, right the Saturday night round. So if it's Saturday night and you got three people walk up to the bar and they're like, can you make me something? And you've <laughs> got to be able to make that. So we've got three different, you know, each judge is going to give them and they're going to have to make three different cocktails within a 15 minute period of time. So again, it's seeing what their general breadth of knowledge is going to be. Um, flavors, what they know, do they know the ingredients? They've got more of a back bar with ingredients and things to play with. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to get into the nuts and bolts of how, how these competitions work. So I asked Lynn to break it down for us from the beginning. So okay. on, online submission, like yes. you're not going to get here if you don't do well with online submissions. Correct. So like how do you, how, um, Step one. Step one. So you always want to look at the sponsor brands. So for these brands, which is uh, Domaine Canton, Pama, Rittenhouse, Elijah Craig, are those ingredients show, showing through in the recipe? And you can look at a recipe and tell. Um, I can tell if someone's used a quarter ounce of this and five ounces of this. I'm like, I'm not going to taste that brand. <laughs> so I think with any brand, the, the sponsor wants to be able to taste their brand and see it used in a way that's creative and innovative. But I don't mean to be indiscreet here, but like the brands are putting this on for a reason. Correct. You know, I mean, brands are putting it on. It's it's obviously it's great exposure for the brands. It gets people playing around with the brands. Um, but for us, this is also really about celebrating the bartender. We're such kind of the um, small big company that it's really been these guys behind the bar that have been like our warriors out there working with our brands. So it's fantastic way to give back to that community and um, I came up through the bar scene and in competitions it was very much um, essential in me uh, becoming known locally and then nationally and, and, and such so I think the brands really respect the fact that the bartenders can champion their brand absolutely right? absolutely yeah I mean we love I love sitting here I mean I work with these brands every day and so far in the first two rounds of competition that I've done it's like I've been able to walk away with new days and see what mm. people are like, oh, that's a fantastic way. And, you know, I've gone up to people, even if they didn't win, I'm like, hey, that was a great cocktail. Can you let me, can you send that to me? And there was a girl um, in Texas in the first round that she did this amazing cocktail with um, beet juice, um, Rittenhouse, Domaine de Canton, Tarragon. Mm. You know, it sounded a little squirrely on paper, but it mm -hmm. was such a beautiful cocktail. And I was like, I'm going to give you full credit, but, you know, I would have never thought of those flavors together. I would love to use it again, you know, when I have an opportunity to do so. So, To me, with competitions, the question always comes up, like, should this be something that can be made in any bar in America, or are we looking for something really, really unusual and unique here? That depends on the competition. Some competitions are very, very much like that, that, you know, what they want, and they'll very much limit what... Um, how many ingredients you can use yeah. and a lot of them things say like seven ingredients se well, ours is seven but like yeah, no homemade right. ingredients right. we've allowed homemade ingredients you know no um, I think it, it all depends on the outcome I mean we're generally looking for a bartender to celebrate um, you know some competitions are looking for a recipe to publish and right. get in every bar we're actually mm -hmm. looking for a bartender mm -hmm. group of bartenders to celebrate you know and we tend to highlight them at certain events when we have the opportunity to do through the next year like this is our bartender of the year and you know and let them showcase their work so right yeah what are you seeing in the kind of smaller markets like where where people are not that tuned into the craft cocktail market you know what, what are you what, what are you seeing in those i'm seeing 
in the smaller markets, like what you saw maybe four or five years ago in the big markets. So they're they're catching up. So where those big trends were there on the east or west coast, the smaller markets, those are, are trending there right now. But they're rapidly catching up. Um, I'm seeing um, really active bartending groups in these in these smaller communities. And so they know, like, we've got to kind of catch up with the rest of the world. And um, they're some of my most favorite markets to go and visit when I'm when I'm touring the country because just the passion and the community there is, is so amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've spoken to a lot of people from like Boise, Idaho, and you know these yeah. weird, weird little towns that I've never been to. But you know, we had a they're, girl they're, last week from Boise, Idaho, make it to San Francisco in the region, and she was fantastic, and she made it in the final four. You know, <laughs> so it was great. I was like, good for you, Boise, Idaho. You know. <laughs> Uh, and, and they're saying, like, uh, well, there's only, like, four cocktail bars in Boise, Idaho. I'm like, there's four cocktail bars in Boise, Idaho? I can't believe that. I know. <laughs> That's what she's saying. But as they're enjoying success and, uh, I mean, you know, people travel. And they, go, they go to New York. They go to San Francisco. And then they come home. Like, we don't have any of that there. So as those bars open there, you know, it's so much more successful. So There still is a lot of that not going on in the smaller market. I mean... There's a lot of catch-up. There's some, there's some small markets that just haven't quite caught up with the rest of the world. But what I am seeing is more and more people get involved in fresh juices. And at least one or two venues in each of the small markets are, um, you know, participating in that. It's so cool to see, you know, events like this and, and, and people getting more aware, and you know, between bartenders and consumers. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's it's not only just the bartender becoming more con- aware. The consumers much more aware. I mean, there's they're seeing you know chefs are bringing cocktails. You know, I I watch the talk and chefs always demonstrating two or three dishes and then has a cocktail to go with it. So you know, it's touching a greater audience. And so as as the consumer does become more and more aware and more savvy and more trusting, then it's important um, that we continue to raise that bar as well interesting you say trusting I, I, that's kind of a key word i think yes yes you got to build trust with your customers yeah. so i'm always a huge advocate and that's really where the hospitality factor gets into and so five years ago we were talking about you know the, the cocktail the cocktail is so important you know and right. now everybody's just talking about hospitality because we focused a lot on the technical and we kind of you know not forgot but you've got a new generation coming up who necessarily haven't been me where it was hospitality and not the cocktail that built me, you know, where right. where cocktails were 10 years ago. So I think it's just one of those things, kind of the old guard is looking back like, it's great, you've got all these techniques and flavors and all, you know, a whole plethora of things at your fingertips, but you also have to remember why the tavern was created. It was a meeting place, you know, right. and hospitality is the most important part of your job, so. Like I mentioned, I was out in Las Vegas recently. Right. And I went to um, Herbs and Rye, which okay. I'd, never, I'd never been there before. Fantastic but, oh, place, absolutely. Fantastic. Yes. fantastic. I walked into the bar. The bar, I'd never been there before in my life. The bartender comes up to me, shakes my hand like we were long lost friends. Like, yeah. Oh, nice. Like, we were friends that had not seen each other in 10 years. Right. It was so cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, and that's what it is. And you know now, and you're talking about that experience, and if you've got friends who are going, you're going to be like, hey, go to Herbs and Rock. You, you may there. not remember what your cocktail is, but you know you had a great time. I remember the cocktail. But I mean, but that's the first, <laughs> that makes a long-lasting impression. I've had great cocktails and bars that I would never go back in again because it was stuffy or rude or no eye contact or didn't smile. 
itself. You know, yeah. we agree that that was just really important that people, and just even in this context, just to think about it for a second, like that it meant something. So, well, that's great. Thank you so much, Lynn. You're very welcome. My pleasure to see you. Here. Yes. Thanks for coming out tonight. So that was a fun and interesting evening, and uh, that was held at Analog on 8th Street and in Greenwich Village, Manhattan, and uh, directly across the street from Electric Lady Studios, where Jimi Hendrix uh, f- founded that recording studio, actually, and, and uh, recorded there, of course, and uh, historic uh, neighborhood there. So I have some pictures up of that competition on bartenderjourney.net, uh, along with the posting that goes with this show, number 156, and uh, there are some great photos, not taken by me, <laughs> professional photos that uh, Heaven Hill had done and, uh, and uh, generously uh, let me use. So uh, there's some cool photos up there of the competition. That competition is, of course, currently in the semifinal stages as we record this here in, uh, at the end of March 2016, so that's... Uh, submissions are closed for that for this year but you can look for that next year but we're going to talk about a competition you can enter the copper and kings cocktail competition as i said the deadline was supposed to be march 31st 2016 it's been extended to april 15th so you still have time to enter that competition and i hope you will and let's talk to kate large and we're going to hear about the competition and we're going to hear about the copper and kings american brandy we met over at Pouring Ribbons, a great bar over in the East Village. All right, so here we are with Kate Large. How's it and going? very good. So we're at, at a very nice cocktail bar here, yeah, and we're gonna and we're gonna taste some uh, some brandy, right? Yes, definitely. A Copper and Kings brandy. Yes, Copper and Kings American brandy out of Louisville, Kentucky. And I have our three main brandies for you, and I brought an absinthe as well. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a lot of history with the brandy in in America, isn't there? Actually, brandy was the very first spirit distilled in America. It was distilled on Staten Island in the 1600s. So before bourbon, before whiskey, all of that, it was the very first spirit here. I've read that. Yeah. I've read that. Yeah, Yeah, really interesting. Well, brandy is actually made from wine, right? From wine, right. Exactly. So if you think of of bourbon as whiskey, as distilled beer, you know, if you talk to a bourbon or whiskey distiller, they'll tell you that it's called distiller's beer. It Mm -hmm. starts from grains, corn, rye, barley. Brandy is distilled wine. So we're starting with grapes, or in the case of our apple brandy, we're starting with apples, and we make... Uh, juice, and then we ferment it into wine, and then you distill it, and then you have brandy. I'm always amazed how much of the flavor of the apples or the or the grain or the grapes come through after distillation, because it's sort of like I feel like we're purifying it, right? Like we're we're taking out everything. Yeah. But it but it really comes through, like especially with apple brandy or or, or grapes. You know, cognac is made from grapes, the same as brandy, and or. <laughs> Uh, cognac is obviously a subset of brandy, but anyway, yeah. but but it's just so interesting that the the flavor really comes through after after all that distillation. Absolutely, I mean, you think about grain spirits. The the intention is to kind of extract the flavor yeah. and then age it. That's why every everybody who drinks bourbon, it's yeah. been aged. Uh, yeah, so yeah. you're getting all of that flavor from the barrels. Uh, the idea with brandy is that you want to retain as much flavor of the grapes or the, oh, the okay. apples or whichever fruit you're starting with as possible. So right. with, at Copper and Kings, we have very traditional stills. They're Olympic pot stills. They're not hybrid. They're not column. Mm. So we're retaining as much of the flavor as possible uh, right. with those stills. Right. And then that's how we have really beautiful unaged spirits. We have an unaged apple brandy. We have an immature muscat brandy. They haven't touched a barrel. There's beautiful spirits mm. and then we have our aged spirits that 
after we've aged them in a once used Kentucky bourbon barrel for, for uh, six to eight years, you have this beautiful um, melody of both of those. So you have a um, really beautiful floral citrus characteristic from the grapes or the apples, but then you also have the, the blends of the um, vanilla and caramel notes from the barrels. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. I was at a class today about scotch, the, the single malt class I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, the presenter there said that about 60 to 65% of the flavor comes from the barrel, you know? So now uh, now you got something that's unaged, no barrel. Yeah. It's got to be a little, I don't know, a little trickier to make it taste good, I guess. Definitely. We only <laughs> distill twice with any of our spirits. Um, and again, just using the brandy helmet instead of a plate distillation, instead of column distillation, you're retaining a lot of that flavor profile. We yeah. don't add any sugars or flavors afterwards. So it's all about retention as much as possible. Right, right. Well, we're going to taste some of these, but let's first talk about the competition. Yeah, so Copper and Kings is doing uh, what we call the mixtape competition. It's going to be really fun. I definitely hope that you submit, any of your listeners submit. Yes. Um, But it is essentially a competition based on what Copper and Kings is all about, music. We want to um, be as involved with music and art and culture as possible. When we Mm. founded the company, Copper and Kings, the name is uh, meant to sound like a rock and roll band. (laughs) We also age our brandy in the basement to music. So we play every day uh, in the basement. We play music to the barrels, and it actually rocks the brandy. Nice. Uh, so we change the playlist based on holidays, <laughs> uh, based on um, artists' birthdays. And, and you can even send us your favorite playlist, and on your birthday, we'll play it to the barrels. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I've heard of other brands doing that, where they, yeah. you know, they play music. It actually works to enhance the aging process of the brandy. Because um, it moves the, the exactly. spirit in and out of the, of the wood. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. get uh, maximum, maximum uh, flavor from the wood. Exactly. So we don't even have to uh, do a rotation program with the barrels. The mm-hmm. the music actually works to yeah. roll the brandy around inside the barrels and increase all of uh, that absorption. So it's, it's really cool. Um, and Fun. So the mixtape competition is based on that and also based on our love for music. And we just want bartenders to come up with a creative cocktail based on their favorite album or favorite song title, favorite lyric even, mm. um, and, and express a cocktail with one of our spirits um, based on that. So oh, fun. You could submit it online by March 31st. Okay. And then we'll do a semifinals. Ooh, it's coming up soon. Very soon, <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't forget, that's been extended to April 15th, 2016. We'll do a semifinal competition in each region uh, of each market that we're in. With these cocktail competitions, I'm always looking for, like, what... You know, what are the judges looking for and, how you know, how can I win? <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. That's a really good question. I mean, we want to be very uh, open and creative. We want you to be able to use um, as much creativity with, our, with the cocktail that you submit as possible. I would recommend, you know, using ingredients that you can find very easily so that it is something that if you make it, you know, at home or at your bar, then someone else in a different state can make it also. Not something that's so hard to make that yeah. nobody else is going to ever reproduce it. Exactly. You know, if you make bitters that you've aged for eight months 
uh, at your house in a barrel yeah. based on ingredients that you put yeah. in there, that's amazing. Yeah. But no one else is going to be able to recreate that. Exactly. Um, so just I would recommend, you know, keeping it something that's very creative um, and, you know, try to make it something that's not been done before, obviously. But variations on classics are always welcome. Um, yeah. we, we call it classics or covers or indie so covers yeah, yeah well, exactly music. yeah exactly <laughs> um so you can cover an album or you can do a totally indie uh cocktail but i definitely recommend you know that it be something that somebody else can potentially recreate yeah um and then keeping it you know below 10 ingredients or something you know it's always nice yeah. to have a cocktail that is is there any restrictions on how many ingredients you could use or there's not no, you know yeah. we're not going to say no definitely yeah. it's just again something that somebody can recreate. Uh, if you yeah. have a 10 bottle pickup cocktail, that's a little difficult. But hey, if it's delicious, I'm not saying no, definitely yeah, not. Yeah. We want yeah. you to, to let that creativity flag fly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I would definitely base it on something that you feel confident expressing when you present. Because, you know, if you make it to the semifinals and then the, sem and then the finals, we want you to say, this is why I chose this song and this yeah. is why I named this cocktail after it. We, yeah. again, we're so based around music. We want you to feel really passionate about the the song that you chose and be able to say right. like right, I right. love this song and this cocktail expresses it for me like this so <laughs> you know it's funny I found this website that had all these old jazz songs from like the 1920s even earlier you know mm -hmm. and it had the and the the song listings uh, and you and you could download the songs but I made a note to myself in my computer is like if you're looking for a, a name for a cocktail, go to this website because oh, there's yeah. such great names for yeah, cocktails on this I'm sure. website. You know, that had old jazz songs from the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> hey, we love all genres for the barrel room and the playlists, and definitely, I mean, that's a really good idea to use some of those like jazz names. That was that was a good hint. Maybe I should take that out because yeah. I'm giving away my <laughs> secrets over here. <laughs> right, right. So, shall we uh, taste? Definitely. All right. Right. Kate wanted me to mention uh, just or reiterate the the rules of the contest or the or the, these aren't the official rules <laughs> don't get me wrong you have to go on their website to read the official rules but uh, just to kind of sum up the contest so here it is choose one of the Copper and King spirits as a base get creative name it after a song title that resonates with you and suits your drink there's going to be three rounds of the competition the online submissions are due by March 31st nope now. April 15th, you got two extra weeks to do it. And it'll be judged by National Copper and Kings Ambassador Chris Wilkins to qualify for semifinals hosted in each region. The winner from each one of those regional competitions will win a trip to Louisville to compete in the finals and a three-day pass to the Forecastle Music Festival. Participants have to be working bartenders in one of their 23 markets. So the 23 markets where Copper and Kings is distributed, and you have to check the website to, uh, to find out that information. It's Copper and Kings, so spell out and, so copperandkings.com slash distribution. All right. So we're back with Kate Large. We're here at Pouring Ribbons. Yeah. A lovely bar that I'd actually never been to before. It's beautiful. It we had is. our lunch party here back in January. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's a pretty new brand, isn't it? Yes. So we did. We just launched uh, just a couple months ago here in New York, uh, here at Pouring Ribbons, and it's going pretty well so far up here. The reception is awesome. All right. Well, let's, cool. let's try some. Cool. So we're going to start with the Immature Muscat Brandy. Mm. This is 90 proof, and it's made from muscat grapes mm -hmm. from California. And this is a high-acid grape, and we press it. When, when you think of muscat, you think of 
sort of sweet wine. Yeah, a lot of. I, I, don't, I don't think. I get that reaction a lot. Yeah. A lot of uh, people associate the word muscat with moscato. Moscato, yeah. Uh, there is actually there are actually 200 varieties of the muscat grape. This is muscat d'Alexandre, and it is actually a really high acid grape that distills really beautifully into mm. a nice brandy. And it is the base for our aged spirit as well. But because it expresses so beautifully, the immature version is pretty awesome. So immature, are you saying unaged? Exactly. So uh, we press it into juice, ferment it into wine distill it in alembic stills twice. So the first time comes off 35% alcohol. Second distillation comes off at uh, about 70%, 135 proof. Mm-hmm. We let it rest in stainless steel while we proof it over the course of four weeks to 90 proof. Um, but that's it. We're not adding any sugars or additives or anything like that. So it's just how the muscat expresses. And right. it's Pretty delicious, very full-bodied, floral, citrusy, getting a lot of that. Very approachable to wine drinkers. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's fun to to taste wine drinkers on brandy because it's what I I like to say that it's uh, wine that gets the job done a lot quicker. That gets what? (laughs) The job done a lot quicker. (laughs) You know, uh, uh, wine drinkers are always hesitant to taste spirits, but when I say, hey, it's distilled wine. Right. All right. We started. We started with wine, but it's it's brandy now. Right. Um, But it still retains a lot of that flavor, and Mm. um, it's it's very full body. It's a really fun cocktail base. Now you're tasting it neat right now. Yeah. um, But it makes a really beautiful cocktail as well. Right now we're doing a big mule push with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually at Tales of the Cocktail this year, Mm -hmm. they're doing a mule competition and we're entering it with this brandy. Okay, Um, I can see that. But it makes, you know, it's a really good alternative to your typical vodka mule because you get a lot more full body from it. That's what's fun about clear spirits, you know, even even a unaged whiskey, you know, like uh, people that are afraid of whiskey, And they're vodka drinkers. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll maybe they'll try this. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're gonna try. I like to start with the unaged spirit. So we're gonna mm-hmm. stick with unaged. Right okay. now we're gonna do the unaged apple brandy. Mm. So this is also 90 proof. The process is the same, twice distilled in copper pots. But we're starting with a blend of 100% Michigan apples rather than grapes. Mm. No artificial apple flavoring. Uh, no sugars or you know anything like that. So nice. It's uh, this one was featured in the Wall Street Journal for they did an article actually, which oh, yeah. is similar to what we were just talking about. Why you should swap the vodka in your right, cocktail right, to right, an right. eau de vie. Yeah. And you know they they put the unaged apple brandy that we do in there as well. Um, but cool. It's just a lot more essence and aroma and fragrance and again, again I'm always like blown away by how much of that flavor comes through you know the app tastes like you just spit into an apple right yeah yeah but after it's distilled like you'd think all that would be left out but it's not at all yeah it's the secrets low and slow distillation versus continuous mm-hmm. very nice okay. all right all right now we're gonna move on to the aged spirits okay you're gonna taste our flagship brandy this is what we call the american brandy and this does have the muscat grape in it but it's a blend of three grapes so we're also using columbard and Muscat, or and Chenin Blanc, sorry. What? So Muscat, Columbard, and Chenin Blanc. Oh, okay. We put it right into the barrel at 
cask strength at 135 at our batch okay. proof ceiling. Uh -huh. um, and then we age for six to eight years in those once used Kentucky bourbon barrels, but also in new American oak. And when we do the batch, when we are ready to bottle, we actually take a blend between 10 and 15 barrels at a time. And 90% are those used bourbon and 10% new American oak. All so right. it's a very small blend of barrels. And you get a lot of that familiarity and flavor profile, the caramel, the vanilla, but then also some spicy, feisty characteristic yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Uh, new American oak. So this is 90 proof as well? Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got some heat to it. It's good. <laughs> so I guess the obvious question is, you know, you just launched this brand not too long ago, but it's aged six to eight years. So right. how does that Absolutely. happen? <laughs> so the, the owners of the company, Joe and Leslie Heron, are wonderful uh, beverage entrepreneurs. Before they founded Copper and Kings, they actually founded two beverage companies. They founded a nutrient-rich soda company, hmm. uh, had a lot of success with that. And actually, Pepsi Americas bought that company from them wow. because it was in direct competition with what they were trying to do. From there, and these guys are South African, Joe and Leslie are from South Africa. Mm. Um, and so pretty much everything that they started to do was based on their, like, why isn't everyone in America doing what we're doing in South Africa? Yeah. You know, yeah. they've been in, in the United States for 25 years, but they just had all these great ideas that Americans hadn't had yet. So um, after Pepsi Americas bought Nutrisoda, they started a cider company hmm. before cider in America was a big thing, before Reds, yeah, before Angry yeah. Orchard, all of that. Yeah. They founded Crispin Hard Cider. Um, and obviously, Crispin had a lot of success they and, were, and uh, Miller Coors. Their times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, so then they sold to Coors? Yes, Miller Coors actually offered them, so, uh, you know, a little bit of money yeah. for, for so Crispin. I, so I guess they had plenty of money to start this company. Then they got to found <laughs> their baby, that. exactly. And they lived in Minneapolis for a long time, but they've always loved Kentucky. They've always loved Louisville. Uh, so they were like, you know, here we go. This is what we want to do. Brandy is big in South Africa, and they are big Brandy fans, and they've always wanted to to host and, and found a Brandy company in the United States. Um, and so they got to do it. Uh, so we got to build a beautiful, I mean, seriously, the distillery in Louisville is amazing. Oh. It's in a, a town called Butchertown, right in the city, it's, uh, going through a period of revitalization, and we're part of that, which is really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you, uh, yeah, you have to, you, you can't do what everybody else is doing, you know, another bourbon. Exactly. Uh, we're in Kentucky. There's enough, bur <laughs> there's enough bourbon to go around uh, in Kentucky, but yeah. there's more bourbon barrels in Kentucky, I'm sure you know this, uh, than there are people, which oh, is... Oh, I, I, I hadn't heard that true. before, but that's 100% true. Fun. But that's also one of the reasons that we're like, hey, let's, let's age some brandy and bourbon barrels, yeah, and it gives you this yeah, beautiful yeah. blend. Very nice. All right. All right, we got a couple more. We're ready to taste the high proof, I think. So I, right. just, I just told you about Butchertown. Oh, and 90's not high proof enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're obviously not from Kentucky. <laughs> so Butchertown is an awesome neighborhood. And, you know, I'm from Kentucky. I miss home. And I miss, oh. I miss Butchertown. <laughs> um, but it's going through that period of revitalization. It's our meatpacking district, you know? Uh-huh. So this is aged... Longer or no? Exactly. So Butchertown... It's, it's a lot darker in color, it looks yes, like. Yes. But, but the Butchertown brandy is a blend of just four barrels. So the 90 proof brandy, which is our flagship that you tasted just now, is a blend of 15. This Butchertown brandy is our oldest barrels. It's what we call the reserve cask. So it's four barrels at a time. 
three used rye, one new American oak. So mm. you're getting some more feistiness. Mm. And we also leave it very close to cask strength at 124 proof. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> you get some, you get some heat. Water here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I drink this a lot as a nightcap with just an ice cube, maybe just an orange peel expressed over the top of it. Mm. Uh, but this is something that we're very proud of, and it's actually doing very well for us, both as a sipper and also as something that you can mix as a cocktail base. These overproof spirits are very popular, you know? I feed this to bartenders and they're very excited about something that's yeah. an overproof brandy. Because yeah, you, yeah. you get a lot yeah, of overproof yeah. spirits, but you don't find a ton of overproof brandies. So no. this is cool. I can't think of I can't think of one other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it's great. It's got some caramel to it. Absolutely smokiness. You're getting way leather. more of that new oak flavor. So exactly what you're seeing, you're getting way more of the, the rye, the bourbon characteristics on this that people are used to describing as bourbon or rye, but this is actually coming from a grape-based spirit. So it's mm. really cool. Okay. It was such a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. It was really fun. So everybody go and enter the competition. What, yes, what's the please. website? Copperandkings.com slash the mixtape. All right, and you can win some cool prizes. Yeah, we'll Good send trip. you to Kentucky for Fort Castle Music Festival <laughs> and send you to our distillery. It's beautiful. It's a lot of fun. As I remember, the trip is like the weekend before Tales of the Cocktail. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you can make just a big vacation out of it. Exactly. It's gonna, Brian and I will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll, yeah. we'll all hang out for a solid week. It'll be great. And we'll, and we'll drink some brandy. Yes, exactly. Cheers, Kate. Cheers. Well, there you have it. It was quite a week. Uh, as you heard there, uh, Monday night I was with Ms. Lynn House. Uh, Tuesday evening I was with Kate Large. I didn't even mention what I was doing during the day, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which uh, was an event called the U.S. Trade Tasting Event, and uh, it was a brand new event here in New York City, and it was all about uh, small distributors, uh, or excuse me, small brands, uh, spirits, and wine trying to get distribution uh, a lot of them were from from outside the united states or or from small uh, small uh, areas or small markets in the states here so they were all trying to get distribution in uh in the united states and new york in particular so some long days there but uh good but good days they were a lot of really interesting i met a lot of interesting people and uh so i hope you will enter this contest the copper and kings contest you can go to copper and kings slash the mixtape or just head over to Bartender Journey and go to the competitions page. Remember, with the new deadline now, you have until April 15th, 2016 to enter that contest. Well, we'll do our toast in just a minute. We do a toast every week at the end of the show. But first, I want to remind you, my name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. Remember, the website is bartenderjourney.net, and you can find the contact page there. I'd love to hear from you for any reason at all. You can go to the contact page and uh, get in touch with me. Any reason at all, I'd love to hear from you. And uh, there's also the competitions page there, which I keep talking about. And there's uh, events as well. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter at barkeeptips. And uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm trying to use that more these days. That's Bartender Journey on Instagram. If you like what you heard here, I hope you'll share it with a friend. All right, let's do our toast. May the saddest day of your future be no worse than the happiest day of your past. May the most you wish for be the least you get. Cheers. We'll see you next time on Bartender Journey. Prohibition's finished.